Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. People, it's all happening. In a matter of days, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle will marry at Windsor Castle. And as the numbers on our six-month countdown dwindle, the guessing game over what Meghan will wear is entering a higher gear. I'm Emily Cronin, and this is Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for listening. With me in the studio are Lisa Armstrong. Hello. Bethan Holt. Hello. And making her Fashion Unzipped debut, Victoria Moss. Vic, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks. You will never get away. <laughs> <laughs> On our agenda today is the dress, the can-red carpet, and the Vogue-assisted rehabilitation of Georgina Chapman. And at the end, what is possibly my favorite segment of every episode, where we tell you what we're excited about this week. But first, with just days to go until the royal wedding, we know Megan said yes to a dress, but who designed it? Bethan, you have been professionally and assiduously tracking the rumors, the odds, and the educated guesses for months now. I actually do not know what I'm going to do with my life. After Saturday. Have one? <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose so. Can anything be more exciting than trying to guess who's designing Meghan Markle's wedding dress, though? Well, the thing I is, mean, it's, well, it's, yeah. it's, um, it's a very yeah. small pool in a way, unless she goes completely rogue and steps outside the country to choose uh, a non-British designer, which would be very controversial. Yeah, what I, it though she is American. Yes, she she is for the moment. Mm. Has she done her test yet? I think she her has. Test. She she's done the British. You test. can't actually until because I've done it. Oh. You can't take it until you've had indefinite leave to remain for at least two years. It's tricky that test. Uh, I mean, some of the questions re- would really floor most native-born. I'll kids. have you know, I scored a hundred percent and then celebrated by going vintage shopping. So. So, so you British. said yes, yes to many dresses. <laughs> I did. I, I, I bought like a, I think a denim romper that day, which tells you how long ago this was. Okay, so Bethan, perhaps you can settle this one. I don't know which particular trashy publication I was reading the other day in my, you know, research. Meringues were in, and that Meghan might wear a meringue. I just cannot see Meghan doing a meringue in in any shape or form. I just don't think she's a meringue person. No to the meringue, Meghan. No to the meringue. But, but I th- in that setting. That you need to have something quite big. I can see her doing a big long train with something maybe a little bit more narrow around the actual dress area. Mm. Are we thinking like a narrow skirt with, you know, 
kind of a, a bustle into a train. That well, sort of Barbie catastrophe. if it's Stella McCartney, Stella does that sort of cape thing, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Which Megan has actually already trialled. So maybe that was even a or sort of a dry run. Or she could go very soft and gauzy, a bit like the Ralph and Russo engagement dress. Also in the Vanity Fair uh, shoot she did last year, she wore... Uh, some some tool sort of ball yeah, skirt, that was didn't Carolina she? Herrera. Yeah, that looked yeah. very good on her. I mean, basically, she can wear anything, so that doesn't help us. We can't narrow it down. But I mean, her nickname is Megan Sparkle. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am anticipating major bling. I think this dress has got to have scale. It's got to be the dress seen around the world. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know what constitutes a meringue these days, but definitely a narrow little waist and a huge skirt would not surprise me one bit. And the people to do that would seem to be... Well, Ralph and Russo seem to be the, the complete favourites. Apparently, Anna Wintour has approved this decision, what? recommended sorry, it. Sorry, that... What? <laughs> <laughs> Tell what? us how you really feel. <laughs> yes. I'm breathless. How, how, how does Anna Wintour get involved with the British wedding? Well, if you're... If you're Megan and you're looking for a wedding dress, who do you call? Um, British Vogue. <laughs> Maybe she sort of thought she'd go to the top. The top, yeah. Has she been in American Vogue? No, I mean, imagine suddenly getting a hotline oh, to Can Anna I Wintour. just tell you, the battle between the Vogues, the British one and the American one to get Megan, must be fun to behold. I'm sure, but, I mean, don't discount Harper's Bazaar. Well, because Alex, um, the photographer, I, how do you pronounce his last name? Alex Lubarov, that's not right. Alexei Lubomirsky. Yeah, that was close. Um, he he is her chosen photographer because he's oh, done he's loads actual, of celebrities on he's Harper's doing Bazaar. He's doing the wedding pictures as well. So yes, Bazaar does have a good in there. Well, he's actually true. the only one. He's the only photographer who Jennifer Aniston, Gwyneth Paltrow... And several others in that camp, I think, will consent to be photographed. Well, by. you also He's incredibly probably expensive. know that he he was Mario Testino's assistant for a long time, and now that and he was <clears> a model. Now that Mario is no longer no. working, well, ap- um, apparently Megan um, took the Harper's Bazaar issue, which had Julia Roberts on the cover, put it on the table, and said, "I want that." So they they got that team together, and and that was how that whole shoot. Came together, but I also love that Alexi is a prince of some unknown land. Of, so he of understands Lubrovsky. the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bethan, I mean, who else? So we, we've heard the names Ralph and Russo, Carolina Herrera. I mean, I know that a few others who we've floated include Erdem and Amelia Wickstead. Who do you think, if it's not Ralph and Russo, who do you think it realistically could be? I've got a funny feeling about Roland Murray because. Um, Is he doing the evening dress? Well, possibly, but maybe not. Who knows? They go back quite a long way. Um, They were friends pre-Harry days, and she's worn a lot of Roland. And I think when you sort of look at the the dresses that she's been choosing as she's been doing royal engagements and things, they're, they're quite simple, they're quite long and sleek, and that is kind of classic Roland territory. I think Roland would do a beautiful mm. wedding dress, but I'm just not sure that it would be if we if we do want it to be big and mm. blingy and and um, chapel filling, St George's Chapel. Then I'd, I've never seen Roland do a, a, a huge ball gown. No, I don't think he has. And I think also Roland would be a very sort of personal choice. I mean, 
I mean, when you look back to, to Kate's dress, I mean, that wasn't her first choice of designer as Kate Middleton. That was her as like, okay, I'm going to be the Queen of England. Yes. What's, what dress should I choose? You know, yes. and that that is always going to come in, into it if you're marrying into the royal family. And, you know, Roland would be, oh, you know, that's my great friend and I love his dresses. I'll choose him. But I'm not sure it would come with sort of the meaning or the significance. I mean, when I think about a Royal Mary wedding dress, weirdly what I picture is almost the Alexander McQueen bridesmaid gowns for, mm, for exactly. the Kate and Will wedding. And I don't Absolutely. think she'll want to strike that note. I mean, what it may seem obvious, but the Megan effect already has been important to a number of these brands that we're talking about. I mean, fashion search engines and the designers themselves have reported stronger interest in their wedding designs after being mentioned, just even floated in a speculative way in connection with the royal wedding. But for more on what we know about Megan's wedding gown and what we don't and what we hope and dream, et cetera, see Wednesday's paper or visit telegraph.co.uk slash fashion. Who do you think it'll be or what would you like her to wear? Email your thoughts on the dress to unzipped at telegraph.co.uk and we'll read out a selection of the best on our Royal Wedding podcast next week. And also, I'd love to hear from any um, psychiatrist as to why we're all so interested. And why, despite our better intentions, we all find ourselves being, well, maybe not, I mean, obviously not all of us, but the four people around this table have found ourselves being dragged into this. We're just gripped. I mean, the wedding pages of the New York Times are the sports pages for women, right? So this is similar. And if you can't wait until Monday to hear our views on the dress or dresses, then you don't have to. Lisa will be commenting on the big day itself for the BBC. And of course... We will be in the office publishing myriad stories about every single possible outfit from the wedding. Lisa, will you be able to control your reaction if you hate it? Oh, dear Lord, I've thought about that. Um, Listen, I've sat through many bad shows with a poker face. Um, I've never been to a bad fashion show. (laughs) Well, exactly, nor have I, Emily. Um, (laughs) I don't think it's going to be I don't think it's going to be bad. You know what? I, I, I genuinely like her style I think she's beautiful and she has you know even when she was a briefcase girl there was a certain demureness to her I know that sounds odd and you're sort of I can see a bit of a lip curl going on from the American in our midst (laughs) Um, she is just so very gorgeous but also a wedding dress is a wedding dress there's not that much between them but they're not. They're, it's a big white dress, and it's going to be a nuance of well, that. Every bride is beautiful, and hopefully she'll be beautiful and not boring. We'll yeah. see. But she's not going to turn up in red, is she? That would be well, something. Could. <laughs> that would give us something to write about. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, in other gown-related news, it's the Cannes Film Festival, which can seem like a never-ending parade of glamour with some delightfully and, wacky and moments point thrown is. in. What's wrong with that? <laughs> That's how I like it. I mean, did you see Kristen Stewart? No. So last night, Monday evening, she posed for photos in a chainmail Chanel dress that I thought kind of looked like she got lost on the way to the Met Gala. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then after she'd posed for her pictures, she kicked off her Christian Louboutin stilettos and carried on down the red carpet barefoot, which some people, not me, are calling an effective protest against the no flats on the red carpet rule at the festival. I mean, is this... Is that still an actual rule, though, after all that kind of fury last time when this happened? I'm sure it is, because what they like to do at Cannes is just keep on adding layers and layers of outdated rules. They are like the King Canutes of the film festival land. They've banned selfies this year, haven't they? Yeah, they've banned mm-hmm. selfies. That's really going to work. And, you know, it's about as effective as the 
Académie Française banning Le Weekend and Le Picnic and Le Cliffhanger, all of which I think are quite hideous franglicisms, but, you know, you, you can't stop them. And it would be nice to stop selfies. It's really stupid to try and stop flats. I mean, what were they thinking? But I, I, I'm enjoying this can tremendously because, um, first of all, I think we really are seeing some great dresses and some glamour. Not that the sort of Met glamour with huge quotes and uproarious emoticons surrounding the word. We're seeing proper glamour and we're seeing older women as well. I mean, God, Jane Fonda in that Mary Catransu looked incredible. I really loved her in that because I think sometimes when she does that very tight uh, fishtail look, she looks like a mummy. And I don't mean, you know, a maternal mummy. I mean an Egyptian mummy. Not good. But I loved that. She just looked fabulous. And uh, Isabelle Huppert going all sexy. And um, Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. She's the gift that goes on giving. What was that? What was the red dress you wore at the beginning? Who was that by? Was that Givenchy? I think Givenchy there was a lot a of Givenchy. Yeah. There's been a lot of a lot of great Givenchy dresses, which is great for Claire Wake Keller. Well, I loved her in that so. she wore actually like a very um, elegant Saint Laurent dress. It was. An There's been a lot of Saint Laurent as well. Yeah. I'm interested. But not all of it elegant. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, Cannes splits itself into two, as it has done ever since 1954, when a starlet sort of photo bombed a picture with Robert Magnum, uh, uh, and took off her bikini top. So this is not new tackiness. It has been with us since Eve stripped off. Well, actually, Eve was probably born naked, wasn't she? She stayed naked. <laughs> Let's not get <laughs> into the, bib- uh, the the great big lacuna in my biblical knowledge. Um, so, so Cannes divided itself very well into the tacky. Love that too because it's entertaining. That is more fun. Um, but yeah. no, but actually, I'm having tremendous fun by being inspired by these older women. You know, Robin Wright, for instance. I mean, she's not ancient, but she's probably getting towards fifty. Was on the red carpet the other night in um, a slip dress, and that's something that I always thought. Oh no, probably not. that's a young woman's dress. She looked amazing, and it really did make me realise nowadays that. There are no rules. If if you look good in it, wear it. Is that what you're wearing on the BBC? I was thinking of calling Rihanna to borrow the Pope outfit. Okay, good. That good. would be very on point. Subtle. You could marry them if the Archbishop of Canterbury <laughs> exactly. just doesn't turn up. You could walk her down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> Vic, what's your... She should get Rihanna back in that. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? No, that would be a bit of upstaging, maybe. Like, who have you loved on the can red carpet and, and who are you puzzled by in, in a way that you enjoy? Um, I just think Kate Blanchett looks oh, incredible. God, yes. How could I forget my major crush, Kate? Yes. Yeah, in the America Transu. And then that picture of her, which was on Instagram that Greg Williams took of her daughter kind of between her legs. Oh, yes. So sweet. And then she wore that, was it Givenchy again last night, I think, with the rainbow the tiered. tiered. Ruffles, yeah. But, you know, she's another one who's been breaking the so-called rules. I mean, she was wearing something that was sort of quite sheer with swirls on it. Kate. Yeah, oh, yeah I think that was and, um, Iris Van Herpen. Amazing. Yeah. Do you know who I'm loving, kind of renegade choice, is Kadja Nin. Oh, yes, I agree. Who she's is on my list, Also too. on the on the jewellery, along with Kristen Stewart yes, and Kate Blanchett. Wonderful. This amazing Burundian singer, and she's wearing these kind of incredibly majestic, traditional um, costumes to every premiere. And it's just so refreshing to see someone in something that's not a kind of a classic red carpet mm. gown. And she just looks so beautiful. Ooh, let's have an article about her. 
she's going to be in the paper she's going to be in the paper on saturday actually oh good and in terms of like the looks that we love to you know slag off to be honest kendall jenner in a metallic cable knit jumper mini dress what were you thinking well there was there was quite a lot of that ilk there was major side boobage going on with one of them last night which is when i shut my computer i thought very 2015 at this point right yeah yeah, that Fashion for Relief, Naomi Campbell's Fashion for Relief gala was, yeah, definitely the tackier end of the end of the spectrum. A bit yeah. of Julian McDonald in there. Yes, a Julian McDonald crop Bella, top, Bella, Bella, Bella Hadid, Hadid yeah. yeah. No, but was she wearing Julian? She was wearing Julian <laughs> McDonald. But what what is the Amphar gala? Because that I'm so curious to see what Amphar in a post. Weinstein world. Looks Do you know like. when I looked at the side boobage, I did think, I'm sorry, but. This is so wrong. You can't, you can't have it both ways. Mm. Can you? Well, the other trend that we're seeing that I think is is maybe more telling than the side boob, which we've seen a, a few times, is ranks of women in, in tailoring. Mm. There was that great picture from the opening where Kate Blanchett and Leah Seydoux and a couple other women were wearing, um, you know, beautifully colored, very finely tailored trouser suits. But but so am I am I Ken. wrong? Please. I'm I'm happy to have my mind changed. What do you mean, have it both ways? Well, I mean, you can't say, do not objectify me, hashtag time's up, and then wear a dress split up to your navel with all side boobage. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can. But I think it's incredibly naive to say, I'm wearing this, it's empowering, but please don't look at my side boob, even though I put all my side boob out there. I think it's hard because we're still sort of working it within the fashion constructs of a pre-Me Too era when that's what those things meant. You know, they were designed to attract men or for women to wear to attract men, maybe. I know, but we've, but we've, then, we've been posted for yeah. the last six months. Yeah, They've been planning these dresses for, you know, three weeks. But yeah. there's now this sort of automatic thing where some women put on that dress and it makes them feel confident. And whether that confidence is about a man's going to think I look great, or whether that confidence is just like, I feel fucking great. I don't know if, they're, if they've slightly become different things and a bit confused and people don't really know if they're dressing to feel great about themselves or to feel great because a man might think you look great. Because you see, I think we're in... Do you remember a few years ago when there, was all, there were all the sort of slut walk mm. demonstrations, which were really interesting, and I, and I think it's a really good conversation that we probably keep needing to have because, as you say, Bethan... The climate around us changes all the time. But I just think when you dress in a very, very revealing way, then don't be surprised if that becomes a topic of conversation. You can't say, sorry, can we just talk about um, Mugabe's, yeah. you know, terrible policies in in Zimbabwe? Please don't look at my side boob. But some right, women like more to be it. looked at and, you know, for some women enjoy, enjoy looking good it's, and that's valid sort of as well. look but don't touch. As we know, the French, you know, there were all those actresses who during the whole, the height of the we will only wear black dresses to the Oscars and we will be very high-minded about all this, were saying, come on, cut men some slack. We defend men's right to get it wrong sometimes and to be a bit crass and gauche. I think that's what they were saying. Mm. Um to the absolute horror of all the of all the Hollywood brigade. I think it's hard as well because this is a problem that, that men don't really have. I mean, you know, 99.999% of the time they rock up to some kind of smart event and a man is wearing a suit, you know, whether he's wearing a Gucci brocade suit or a kind of 
Savile Row tuxedo. So the level of flesh on show is all, is kind of always the same, but the sort of the question of fleshiness is a very yes. woman question. You've heard of the Bechdel test, right? You know, it, a movie passes the Bechdel test if two women in it have a conversation that's not about men or love or marriage or dating, but that's about something substantive. I think we almost need a DiCaprio test. Like it's only these outfits are only pervy if Leonardo DiCaprio and his posse are at the party. One fashion house that has been notably absent from the can red carpet has been Marquesa, but the brand, co-founded by Georgina Chapman, the ex or soon-to-be ex-wife of alleged serial sexual harasser Harvey Weinstein, did begin a tentative crawl back into the spotlight last week with an in-depth interview in Vogue. In a sympathetic, supportive article, Vogue detailed how Chapman is finding life after Harvey. She said, I don't want to be viewed as a victim because I don't think I am. I'm a woman in a shit situation, but it's not unique. And in the editor's letter introducing the article, Vogue editor Anna Wintour wrote, I'm firmly convinced that Georgina had no idea about her husband's behaviour. This has been a very divisive article over the past few days, and I, I really wonder what the women around the table think. Did we need a Georgina Chapman comeback right now? What irks me a bit about all of this is that that she's defined by what her husband's done and that she's got no agency for herself. Yes, obviously he helped her career, he possibly funded it and, you know, made women wear it. But it was it still became a brand that sold in, in you know, ordinary department stores. And I think you can't just negate all of that and say, oh, well, you know, she should just go home and, and never leave the house ever again. I, I think it's quite difficult. Claire Cohen wrote a really good piece um, on The Telegraph, our women's editor, about the stigma attached to her and... You know, maybe she didn't know what he did. Maybe she didn't. Is she not as much of a victim as anyone else in the kind of sorry saga of Harvey Weinstein? I don't know. It's difficult. There's no sort of clear answer to it. But I think it's hard to just dismiss everything she's done because her husband's an unpleasant character. Yes, but I I mean, what's problematic to me is that, you know, Anna Wintour has had such a long entanglement or collaborative relationship Mm. with Harvey Weinstein. And... To me, what you can look at are her actions. Like, as soon as she found out, she didn't leap to his defense. You know, she didn't. She so, didn't you know, say there was a none very of it's true. Um, interesting. I don't know whether you heard Desert Island Discs the oh, other no. week with Abby Morgan, who, who the, the the screenwriter, who's very very successful. She's just done the split on on TV. She's done many many things, and she'd worked with Harvey Weinstein. I can't remember on, on what project. Anyway, she's the most honest person I've heard talking about him, and she said. She um, she, she said he was a rapist. She said, I don't feel comfortable with my actions. I think what she was saying was, I think I knew that something was up, but everything else going on in my head was sort of crowding it out. There's been so much cant going on with people mm. saying, either I never knew when... I think many people had heard these rumours for years. Um and then claiming to be utterly disgusted by it when it became a thing to be disgusted by it. But when it was part of what goes on, people turned a blind eye to it. So there's just so much rewriting of history, people retuning. It's like face tuning, isn't it? It's like their their, their, their morality tuning. Well, no, it, morality tuning, that's a great phrase, Lisa. I think no one wants to be seen to have been on the wrong side of, of awareness here. But again, Georgina, you know, she, she distanced herself right away. She retreated. She broke up the marriage. Not that there was a correct path or script 
to follow. But I think obviously she's someone who's suffered here, as are, of course, all the women who who were his victims. And we haven't seen them in vogue. I agree with that. I, I also think sometimes I wish um, American Vogue would would champion some really proper causes. But I think there's an interesting question. Let's, if we just move away from the judgment call for a moment, you know, when is the right time for rehabilitation? Because you could say this is too early, but, you know, maybe the business is about to go under. But I think, and I, 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 think, I think probably yeah. what happened was Georgina, who I think is a friend of Anna's, would have said, help me out here and in return. I don't know, but I suspect she said, I'll give you a full and frank interview. I think that aspect is really fascinating because we haven't seen... I mean, going back to your point, Nisa, about, you know, all the magazines who have used the photographers who have been accused of of these things in the wake of this scandal. There's been no sort of boycott Marquesa, boycott this, boycott that. I don't sense a kind of groundswell of of public feed. I, I feel... I almost feel like it's quite an industry thing. Well, I think in the UK, Marquesa just isn't a very well-known Yeah, brand. but I mean, it's still for sale everywhere. I think, you know, and I, th- I remember reading selling. in the New York Times that people that stores were dropping it. I think it's still on Net-a-Porter last time I checked. It's mm. still on Nordstrom last time I checked. Obviously, yeah. I have no idea about the intricacies of, of how well it's doing business-wise. Um, well, I agree. What it said in the article was, uh, was that after the scandal broke... Georgina and Karen Craig, her business partner, went to work because they have employees, mm-hmm. because they have exactly. this whole company. They have paychecks. They have people's livelihoods, you know, that are that are on their shoulders. And they felt a tremendous uh, weight of responsibility to make sure that they that they kept I going. Mean, also, if, if you know, let's assume she's telling the truth. I mean, why on earth should she be punished? I think everyone who's been associated with him has suffered so much. And she's included in that group. But I, yeah, I, I don't think she should be punished at all. Nor do I think necessarily that that it was kind of the right time for this, given mm. that there have been actually no legal repercussions against Weinstein yet. What do you think? Listeners, talking to you, was this comeback sensitively handled or tone deaf? Tell us what you think in an email to unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. Speaking of email, we had a great one from Catherine Buckland, a university student and curatorial intern at the Amsterdam Museum of Bags and Purses. Responding to our conversation about copies of Colt Gaia handbags from a few weeks ago, she pointed out that one of the brand's distinctive designs is in fact based on the shape of Japanese picnic baskets from the 1960s. She wrote, I'd argue that in many ways, Colt Gaia's attempts to brand the design as their own is more indicative of brands borrowing from the designs of smaller brands that you went on to talk about. If you'd like to hear more, check out episode 20. The title is Breaking Out the Bunting for RB3. And thank you, Catherine, for your email. We do have the cleverest listeners. Next week, we're recording a special episode after the royal wedding. Check back Monday for all of our insight and analysis of the craziest hats, the best-dressed guests, and, of course, what Megan wore. But before we go, let's go around the table. Bethan, what are you excited about this week? Um, sadly, this is still on the royal wedding theme. I mean, obviously, I am actually excited about the. I am not. I am not ashamed to say that I am excited about Saturday. Um, maybe not cool, but I am. Um, but I'm also excited about the um, Meghan and Harry Lifetime movie that um, I believe was shown oh in um, <laughs> in America at the weekend. That's and the it, same thing. It's going to be, I know, I just, <laughs> I'm just lapping it all um, up. Uh, Bethan, I'll be with you with the popcorn. <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me, but I am fully obsessed. You've drunk the Kool-Aid. 
Um, well, actually, there should be. There probably are a few drinking games associated with that. With yeah. that movie. Well, the thing, because oh. I I do have vague memories of watching the the Kate and William version, and I oh, what, don't they're not fake. It. Don't lie. I love the. Um, <laughs> I love. You watched it last night. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it pretty much every week, and um, the imagined sort of conversations. I sort of love that, like you know what the Queen said to Meghan when they were walking the corgi or something. Um, Emily, what are you excited about? Well, I'm still um, sort of buzzing from a concert I saw at the weekend. It was Catherine Finch and Seku Keita. Catherine Finch is a Welsh harpist, and Seku Keita is a Senegalese kora player. I know, you never saw this one coming. Um, <laughs> they, uh, the kora is, in case you didn't know, because I didn't, is a West African harp-like instrument. They played at the Union Chapel. Oh, I love that place. Yeah, it's one of those venues. It's a venue in Islington, or closer to Highbury, that is... Um, in an old church, and it's one of those places where if you ever get the chance to go to anything there, you don't have to know what it is. Just go. It's so beautiful and atmospheric. And uh, and I heard some of some of the strangest music I've ever heard in my life, like sounds that you that you've never heard before. And it it was incredibly emotional. If you want to hear something truly unusual and beautiful, look up Katrin Finch and Seku Keita. Um, and of course, I'm also excited about the royal wedding, although I'm mainly going to enjoy the post-show commentary as I will be on a flight to Greece when it's actually oh, happening. That's, that's truly worth getting excited Strategic. about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not to rub it in, but I do have a holiday coming up. <laughs> Lisa, what about you? Well, I, I appear to have learned to cook, which was very exciting. Last week, I went to a spa for work. It's a tough gig. And it was macrobiotic. I didn't know it was macrobiotic. And then they had cookery classes, and I started to do them, and I loved them, and I kept on doing them. And I think I now might be macrobiotic. What did you cook? <laughs> oh, umeboshi, pishiposhi. What is that? It's um, Japanese plums, and they're sort of salty and sour, and it's that, you know, it's that it's that taste that you don't get in any other cuisine umame mm. is that what it's called mm-hmm. and uh, I, I made food that you wouldn't recognize as food but it was delicious as long as it tastes good yeah that, I, I, well, I, mean, you I think Instagram it tasted yet, were you? good I did I did I, on my live stories peeps and which I'm sure you'll all <laughs> ra- well they'd be gone now but I could always do them again if popular demand requires it and um, I came home and I said to my husband look I'm really sorry I know you hate my fads but I've now got another one and he admitted that after all these years of marriage, he's actually rather fond of my fads. They oh, used to drive him crazy, but he, he's now amused by them. So we've made progress. You wouldn't be progress. without your fads. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sock boots, macrobiotic cooking. What, what could be next? Uh, the full vegan works, I think. I feel the siren call. What Uh-oh. about a vegan wardrobe, Lisa? Do you know, I, I, I really want to work towards that, but I feel that's more of an aspiration mm. than a reality. But uh, really, seriously, I interviewed this woman who set up this website called Antibad, which is all, everything on it is ethical. And she has lots of dead stock leather and suede accessories. And my husband said, that's cheating. And I said, no, it's not. Shut up. It's fine. Got to so, sweep up the crumbs, haven't you? Exactly. Vic, besides being thrilled about your first appearance on Fashion Unzipped, what are you happy about this week? Well, it's actually, it's my daughter's first birthday this week. Um, So we are having a royal wedding themed tea party on Saturday. It's from the most cynical woman in the office. (laughs) So who gets to wear the crown? Um, Tennessee, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. She hasn't got a crown. She has got a, a La Coqueta romper. 
to oh. uh, I do hope Tennessee dream. marries George and then we can have Queen Tennessee. It's oh. dreamy. Thanks for listening. Come back next week for another episode of Fashion Unzipped. Mm-hmm.